Welcome to Breaking the Mask of Depression with me, your host, the Diva with Depression. How are you guys doing? I hope everyone is doing well. I hope the kitties are getting settled into school and you're enjoying the end of your summer vacations. I took a little break last week because I was traveling and I forgot to take my microphone. Don't laugh. Getting old is a bitch. I, I can't remember. I'll go from room to room and I can't remember why. But that's why I took a break. And I'm sorry, but I'm glad that you're here today. And I'm glad that I'm here today. And it's the end of August, y'all. Are y'all freaking out? Because I'm freaking out. Like time is just going so fast. We're almost at the end of the year. And then that triggers us because it's like, well, we didn't do such and such this year. What are we going to do? You know, how much can we get done before the end of the year? All of it is just scary to me, but it could just be me. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. One of my favorite shows ever is Monk. I hope you guys watch Monk. If you don't, then we can't be friends. We may have to sign off right now because <laughs> Monk is life. Anyway, Monk is a cop, a former cop that loses his wife and the trauma of losing his wife triggers his OCD among other mental illnesses. And some of the things that we see Monk do are the general things that we think of when we hear OCD, like the washing the hands or the germs, the germaphobe or having things in order. One of the things when Monk is walking down the street, he can't pass a pole without touching it with his finger and or anything you know um so those are some of the general things that we think of but ocd is so much much more and let's get into it because i know the people in black and brown communities think that ocd is not our <laughs> our i'm putting that in quotation marks our type of illness and but we think that Honestly, we think that about a lot of our mental illnesses, that it's not ours. But 200,000 cases a year are OCD. And so that means that there are a number of us that are living with <coughs> this disorder. And so we have to educate ourselves on it. And so 200,000 and then... The percentage broken down says that European Americans have the highest percentage with 91% and blacks are 1.3%, Hispanics are 1.0% and Asian are 1.6%. So even though we're not in the high numbers, we're in the numbers. And so this it's worth learning about and learning what to recognize. So here's my Google fact, y'all. Obsessive compulsive disorder is excessive thoughts, which are the obsessions that lead to repetitive behavior, which are the compulsions. Rep excessive thoughts that lead to repetitive behaviors. And so the example probably would be if you are a germ, a germaphobe, if that's the right word, you'll wash your hands a lot or you, you know, wash an area a lot. And so that's the, the compulsion that that excessive thought leads to. And it starts at age 10 or 12. You know, you can start at 10 years old and the diagnosis is usually made between 10 and 19. Now that's not saying that you can't be diagnosed when you get older, 35, 40. You can because whatever 
trigger might not show up until that age, but usually OCD is is diagnosed or noticed at age 10 to 19. And as per usual, because the medical system sucks, we are not diagnosed properly. Um, we are not given the information. We're not taught about different mental illnesses, especially OCD, because in terms of everything else, 200,000 cases is not major, but it is major because anything that affects your life in such a grand way is major. And we have to learn how to, it's kind of weird to say we have to learn how to diagnose ourselves, but really we have to pay attention to our bodies and our minds and sort of keep a log of what you may think is wrong because nobody knows your body and your mind more than you. And so if you think that something is, is going wrong, then something is going wrong, <laughs> you know? And if you're not knowledgeable about the different symptoms, the different illnesses, different mental illnesses and physical illnesses, then you know what to look for, you know what to document and you know what to share with your doctor. So that's why we have to start paying attention. And OCD is a real thing, y'all. It's real shit. And it's a chronic illness. It's chronic. It's something that lasts forever sometimes. It could show up for a year or it could show up for the rest of your life. There's no, there's no way to diagnose this specifically. And the, there's no specific treatment for it. So this is something that could affect us for the rest of our life. And there are many, many different, I don't, they say side effects. I want to say that there are, are many different ways that OCD appears. And so we've already discussed the cleaning and the hand washing, counting. You know, if you are always running numbers in your head, you know, ruminating over numbers, ordering, order and arranging like your, <laughs> you know, the, your silverware drawer has to, the, everything has to be lined up a certain way. When you fold your clothes, you know, the shirts must be folded a certain way and the pants must be hung up a certain way. Just the, the order, you know, making sure everything is in a certain order. And that takes over your mind. Another thing is checking the stove and the locks when you go out um, over and over again. And even when you go out, that's what you're thinking about. You're not even being present in the moment or why you left the house because you're worried about the stove or, you know, the locks on the door. Um, repeating words in your head. You know, it, you may have a word that you just keep running through your head over and over and over again or several words. <clears throat> Those are some of the ways that OCD shows up and it could be genetic we don't know. It could be environmental. We don't know. It could be a brain ab abnormality. We don't know. It could be a combination of all of these things. But just like with most mental illnesses, there's no way to directly pinpoint it except for paying attention to the triggers and the symptoms. And there's no definitive treatment for it. It's another mental illness or disorder that doctors just have to play around with the medication 
play around with the diagnosis. And, and it really sucks that we have to go through that, that you really have to play um, catch, <laughs> you know, or catch up with your damn health. But it's, it's just weird to me that science has not advanced enough to sort of separate these illnesses and disorders and pinpoint a way to treat them. And so we end up treating everything the same way. You know, I was looking at the list of medications that they use to treat OCD. And for example, one of them is Prozac. I've been on Prozac. I know other people that have been on Prozac, but I wasn't taking Prozac for OCD. But here we are. You know, that's one of the drugs that is given across the board for mental illnesses instead of finding something specific to your illness. And so when you think about where some of these illnesses begin, if you're a child and you have a relative that has OCT, then the chances are higher that you may have symptoms of OCD. If it's environmental, then it may be somewhere that you're going every day. It could be school and that we just don't know. Um, the triggers, triggers could be trauma, triggers could be stress, triggers could be anxiety. And when you're saying that it starts at age 10 years old, well, yeah, because school is starting to become a little bit more intense. Your, the workload is becoming a little, a little more intense. And then you just never know what else a 10 year old or a 12 year old has going on outside of school that could, could be contributing to it. So there are so many factors that can go into why something shows up, why a mental illness or disorder shows up. We just have to pay attention to the signs. Um, some of the other OTD um, symptoms is you can't get to work or school on time. Why? Because you're worried about the stove and the door. Your relationships are, are struggling because you can't concentrate on having you know, the relationship and being present in a relationship because you're thinking about other things or the person that you're with or your friend, they can't understand what you're going through. And so that sort of puts a um, strain on the relationship. Um, I know that I've lost many relationships, friendships because of my mental illness. And so, you know, that can, OCD can contribute to that also, you know, guilt, shame, self-blame, and it, it might not be warranted, but these are the things that we think about. And it's crazy because the more you try to control it, the more anxious you feel about it. And that's because you're thinking about it more and you're thinking about it all the time. You know, how can I stop myself from having a tick? How can I stop myself from washing my hands? And then you get anxious about the fact that you can't stop it. So it just it's just like a cycle. It goes on and on and on. Um, if you ignore a compulsion, it can come back, you know? So that's why I always say that you can't act like something doesn't exist. You have to be aware of what it is, its existence, so you can, um, you can treat it, you know? And OCD is a chronic disorder in 60 to 70% of the cases. And so... It's out there and it's major. It's not just something that you see on TV. It's even though I, you know, I use Monk as an example, but 
it's not something that you just see on TV. It's it's something that's really serious and that if it's not talked about and treated, it could lead to other things, you know, um, self-harm, suicidal ideation, suicidal behavior. And so we, we want to keep you alive. <laughs> and so the more you know, the more help you can get and the longer you stay with us. And that's key. And so like in Monk's case, the trauma that he suffered is what triggered his OCD. Pay attention to some of your triggers. You know, it could be trauma from when you're younger. And um, I don't know if you guys know this, but there are things that it's possible that you can block out periods of time. I know that since when I started some of my therapy, things showed up that I had not thought about in years. But it's possible that your brain blocks things out to protect you. And so the slightest thing can trigger you. And that will lead to you having OCD. That, that'll be your way of coping with it. Some people, you know, when a trauma is released, they have different ways of, you know, self-harm. It could be drinking, smoking whatever, but your trauma trigger could also lead to you having OCD. You start to have these excessive thoughts. So um, we have to pay attention to the fact that we don't leave everything in the past. You know, we don't always get over it. Like people say, there are things that change us forever and we'll never be the same again. And these things are harming us and so we have to start to get knowledgeable about some of these not talked about <laughs> I call them not talked about illnesses and OCD is one of them obsessive thoughts lead to sometimes having a theme and so like I using the example of the hand the germs if you are worried about the germs then that'll be your OCD theme you always are going to wash your hands you're always going to Make sure that your face is clean or make sure that your area is sanitized. Um, fixating on the way things are set up. That'll be something that will control your mind. And you have to always make sure that things are in order. Things are in their proper place. So those are some of the obsessive thoughts that show up as OCD. The compulsions are the repetitive behavior like the hand washing and the locking doors and checking the stove. And that start that, you know, if you think about it, that starts to interfere with your life. You know, it'll it can affect your work. You know, people not getting to work on time, not getting to school on time, you know, not being able to concentrate at work not being able to concentrate on your classwork. You know, it starts to really infiltrate your life and that's when it becomes a bit extreme. Now, I said that there are, there's no one way to diagnose an OCD, but a psychological exam is one of the first ways. I tell you all the time to go to your primary care physician 
and discuss your symptoms with the primary care physician. And then they usually point you in the right direction. Um, you don't have to wait for a primary care. I don't think you check your insurance, but if you want to go straight to talking to a psychologist, then, you know, do that. And then they will be able to listen to you and sort of listen to your, your symptoms and the way your day is going and the way you're interacting and determine from there if OCD is part of your diagnosis. There's also something called the Yale Brown Obsessive Compulsive Scale. And so what they do is those symptoms that I talked about, like there's 54 of them, I believe. And so you're taking the exam and the, the degree of your OCD is determined by how many of those side effects or symptoms you have. And so if you have 18 to 15, that's a mild case of OCD. And really, I think that all of us <laughs> have it in some way, like hoarding is a symptom of OCD, which I never know, never knew. But hoarding is a major, you know, I have to do a whole episode on it because I think we, I have some hoarding tendencies. And so we can all have a touch of something or I, like I say, a quirk, you know, like my kitchen has to be cleaned a certain way. You know, things have to be put in certain areas and it's just the kitchen that's like that. So I think that all of us may have a touch of, you know, have a quirk here and there, but 18 to 15 is mild. 16 to 23 is moderate. 24 to 31 is severe and 32 to 40 is extreme. And so really think about it. 40 out of 54, you know, that's a high percentage. And so that will determine and that's not the only thing that will determine how severe your OCD is, but that, that's one of the tools that is used to determine how severe your OCD is. And like I said, they get an appointment with a psychologist, make an appointment with your primary care physician. Since you're listening to me and you now you have some concrete information about OCD, you can pay attention to your symptoms. You can pay attention to your children, your friends, your, your spouse, your partner, and then determine whether it's serious enough for you to, or them to get help. You know, you know that what I'm going to say next, of course, medication, like I said earlier, there are some, the medications out here for mental illness, this, they suck. Um, they're fucking brutal sometimes, but we have to take it. We have to take them. And so there are medications that will, can be given. And I, I would think that they're given to control the anxiety that comes along with OCD. Depression does come along with OCD. And I think some of those medications, they, I know that, like I said, with Prozac, I've taken Prozac for my depression. Um, and Prozac is prescribed for OCD. And like a lot of mental illness medications, they, these medications are used across the board for a number of illnesses. So there's no specific medication. Um, and if you have to take a medication, if your doctor prescribes a medication for you, 
make sure you look up the medication, see why, ask why you're, why it's being prescribed and pay attention, pay close, close attention to the side effects because some of the side effects can be brutal. You know, one of the medications that I was on years ago gave me seizures, you know, and, and I didn't know that. And the doctor that I had was clueless. So pay close attention to the side effects. Talk to the doctor that's prescribing the medication. Look it up on Google. And, you know, when you go pick up the medication, they have a, a pamphlet inside. Read it because that tells you the truth about what can happen while you're taking the medication. It's hard. Um, it's a pain in the ass. But it's a step to getting healthier. And, and no one is saying that you're going to have to take the medication the rest of your life. You, the medication could be co combined with other therapies to help you heal, to help you move forward. And you will get to the point where you don't need the medication. Maybe you just need the psychological therapy part of it. And that way you can continue to grow and heal without taking medication. One of the other therapies that's used is called CBT. And y'all have heard me talk about the ABCs <laughs> of, of psychology, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, and CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And when I was in the hospital, they call it ab abandoning stinking thinking. So what cognitive behavioral therapy does is it takes the thoughts, your thoughts, negative thoughts, and tries to rework them into positive thoughts so that when you're thinking positive, you can move forward. You know, um, stinking thinking always makes me laugh, but that's how they explained it in the, in the hospital and a lot of doctors too. And just because I make fun of it, you know, and say the ABCs does not mean that I don't take it seriously. Um, both of these therapies work. I, they have helped, they helped me when I was inpatient. They helped me, you know, throughout the time that I was completely broke down, you know, when I would go over some of the examples and some of the exercises that I had for these, these therapies, they did help, you know, it did change my thinking about certain things. And I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to work for everything, but CBT is one of a widely used psychological therapy. And I can tell you that it works and other people will tell you that it works. And if, if for nothing else, you learn by, you know, following this therapy, you read following this therapy, there, there's just a wealth of information about DBT and CBT. And I can see why it's used. You know, if you are always thinking gloom and doom, which is me, um, <laughs> you need something to turn that around. And so CBT will do that. And that's something that your psychologist will discuss with you right away after they, you know, sort of help you find out what is really going on. And it, you know, CBT, all you have to do is type it in Google. There are books written about it. There are workbooks written about it. Um, when I was in partial inpatient, um, we would get worksheets every day with some of the, with CBT and DBT examples on it. And it sort of helped us. They gave it to us in the beginning of our session. And that sort of helped with 
if we came in, say, in, a, in an off mood, if you use some of the CBT examples that they handed out in the worksheet that sort of turned your mood around, you know, made you think more positive, made you reframe some of the things that you might have might have been bothering you when you came in. So that's that's the purpose of CBT. And with OCD, CBT would help because you're starting to focus on other things be besides the excessive thoughts and the compulsions and you're not worrying about washing your hands as much or turning off the stove as much. You have reframed your thoughts and that has moved you forward. Guys, I'm not saying that anything is perfect. I'm not saying that there's any treatment that is perfect, but when you know better, you can be better. I know it's supposed to say do better, but <laughs> I'm saying you could be better because OCD is a major illness. It's a major disorder. It's not just for white people. <laughs> you know, it's for black and brown people. And it's not spoken about enough, as is a lot of mental disorders. And so we have to be aware of these things because we'll see one someone and say they do have the germ phobia and we'll just brush it off. Oh, that's just his way. Oh, that's just how she does things. No, not all the time. Not all the time. That thinking is maybe contributing to something more. And so learning about these disorders helps you and it helps the people around you get better and be better. So if you or someone you know is exhibiting some of these symptoms, there's two organizations that are written down. Now, Healthline, WebMD, the Mayo Clinic, those are those are given for every illness. You can type that into your Google and those three sites will always come up and they have, of course, great information about anything that you want to look up. These, these organizations are specifically for OCD. The first one is the International OCD Foundation and the second one is the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. I'll say that again. The International OCD Foundation and the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. So those are organizations that will work, that will have information about your specific type of symptom, OCD symptoms and resources and places that you can get more information or how to start your journey on, I, I won't say getting rid of, OCD, but making it workable and livable because we don't know whether it's going to stay or whether it's going to go, but we have to get help to get to the point where we can live with it and manage it and function with it and continue growing and being the best that we can be. I started this platform because when I needed a care team, I couldn't find a care team that was knowledgeable about, there are some that weren't knowledgeable about women. <laughs> there are some that weren't knowledgeable about my culture, my background, my, my history. And so that's why I started this platform because I wanted to inform my communities about 
the different types of mental illness and the way to get help and get better. And that's my reason for sort of choosing this topic. <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure I was going to do it. And I want to tell you that when I was researching um, OCD for this episode, I learned a lot. I really did. You know, I learned so much. And so I am happy that I get to pass that on to you. And I hope that you can pass it on to someone else that may need help. Um, the medical system is is a piece of shit sometimes. <laughs> um, it really is. It's a shit show. And there are so many in the medical field that don't respect us, that don't care about us. And they they don't care whether we get diagnosed and healed or not. They really don't. And so by learning about yourself and your body and your mind, taking notes, researching the information, you make it easier for you to advocate for yourself, advocate for your children and your loved ones. You know, I know when I was going through changes with my children and their mental illness crises, if I didn't know some of this information, I would have been screwed, you know, because people will tell you anything when you're at the hospital or you're at the doctor's office. And I was able to step in because I had done research and because I had experienced some of these things. But they'll tell you anything. So knowledge is power. I know that might sound cliche, <laughs> but it really is. And pay attention to your mind and your body. OCD could be general or it could be severe. You know, if you believe that some of these symptoms are interrupting your life, then maybe it's time to talk to someone. Pass this along. Pass this information along. I know another cliche is sharing is caring, but you are really sharing and caring because you're passing it along to someone that might need help and might not know that they need help or might not know their symptoms mean that they need help. So keep passing it along. That's my lecture for today, guys. <laughs> that's my lecture. Um, not really a lecture, but you know, that's, that's what I wanted to teach you guys about today. Uh, I hope that it helps at least one person. That's my goal, to always help at least one person. And I hope that it starts the conversation in black and brown communities. OCD, anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, these illnesses, we're not immune to them. We are not. And, and if anything, we may be suffering more than other people because we don't know we're living with it and we're not getting help for it. So take off the blinders that say that <laughs> black people don't get OCD or black people don't go to therapy. They do and they do. And so move forward, you know, get healthy and get well. <clears throat> and my last thing is you guys have homework. Do you have a pen and paper? I want you to write down your homework. Your homework is to watch Monk. <clears throat> Excuse me, to watch Monk. That's right. Watch one episode, watch two episodes, watch all seven seasons because it's hilarious and it'll take your mind off of everything because you'll be so busy paying attention to Monk and his shenanigans that you won't dwell on anything that's going on. And the episode with Snoop Dogg 
is one of the best episodes and that will have you laughing the whole time. And and the bonus is, is that you will learn about some of the symptoms of OCD because, like I said, that's what bunk is. Um, and that's that's the symptoms that he has and that's what he shows us. And this proves that entertainment could teach you also. So do your homework. Watch an episode of Monk. Let me know what you think. If you watch the one with Snoop Dogg, let me <laughs> let me know what you think. If you don't want to watch Monk, then I don't know. Maybe the friendship is over. I'll have to reevaluate it later. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting. If you have any ideas about something that you'd like me to, to talk about on the show, if you have anything that you think I should change or add on this show, please let me know. Feel free. I'm not, you know, immune to criticism or improvements. I do this for you. So I want to make sure that you're getting the most out of it. All the resources that I discuss are on my website, divawithdepression.com, in the resource section. And I will be adding the foundations that I talked about here. I will be adding them to that page. But please go to go to that page on my website and you will see so many resources listed there and they will start you on the journey to healing. Thank you to Illumination Media and Technology for always uh, doing their thing <laughs> and bringing me to you every week. So go follow them on social media. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm there too. So Feel free to reach out, even if you want to reach out just to say hi, then please do. I hope you guys stay well. Um, sidebar, because I keep reading that COVID cases are going back up. So stay well, <laughs> especially now that the babies are going back to school. I want you to stay well and I want you to do whatever you have to do to find some peace. Even if it's just for five minutes, find that peace because you are a superhero and you deserve all the peace in the world. Take care. Bye.